Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rob, here we are, the new media show. Another week, another day. Welcome to the, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Todd. It's uh, It's been a few weeks since we've done just you and I, you know, kind of, kind of too solo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I've been... I've been busy per se this week doing a little bit of research and for uh, many, many years ago, I was doing some live audio streaming only and we had done it for CES events and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, just a standard ice cash outcast stream. And um, that service uh, basically has not, had not been updated in like 10 years. So I, I can't believe I was still paying for it. So I canceled that service. And I signed up with a new company, and now we are we are officially live streaming via audio today because I am taking the preparatory steps for the podcast 2.0 lit tag, so that when we uh, get that in place, then we can go lit, and they can hear our live audio stream in conjunction if they want to watch the live video stream. So. Um, so today, not only are we live from a video standpoint, we're live on uh, ice cash outcast server. Now it really doesn't mean too much because the only place it's linked to is on newmediashow.com forward slash live. I don't have it really distributed anywhere yet. There's no social on it, but once the show's done today and published, I will take, uh, the time it's, it's got a DJ function. They call it a DJ function. And I can put the show in rotation so that it uh, it can be it can be heard. Someone can tune in, uh, either do instant playback or they join the show halfway in between, like a normal live shoutcast. Now the question really is: I know that Adam and Dave and uh, those folks they have their own playlist of shows that uh, that are in their AKA. Uh, stream setup. So what I'm really going to do is make an offer here. Anyone that wants to become, um, join and use the stream, as uh, long as it's not conflicting with this show and Geek News Central, you're, you're more than welcome. I will set you up a DJ spot and you can use the live stream for your own podcast. Uh, I've got unlimited listeners. Um, it's basically should be well for anyone that wants to push to it and I can give them a separate, their own separate login account. So if any podcasters listening, that's thinking they want to play around with a ice cast stream, let me know and, uh, I'll get you set up on there and, and get you into the schedule. You'll have to tell me when you want to schedule it so you can, you can come in or we'll work on a schedule, make sure there's no conflict. So It'd be a little fun, and then we can help the podcast 2.0 folks that want to become lit and don't necessarily want to do live video. Yeah, that's awesome, Todd. I know this show has played around with live audio for for many years. I, mean, I think um, we did uh, a bunch of shows through through Spreaker yeah. for, for many years that were streamed in just live audio. Yeah, so, and it's not, this is not difficult technology at all. I mean, it's just, uh, yes, it's very, it goes way back. Yeah. And there's right? lots of, and I actually 
grab the Rocket Broadcast client. I'm using the free version right now to see how it works. It's on a Windows machine. God forbid I'm using a Windows machine. And um, running Windows, I think, 11. I don't know what the new number is for Windows. Windows 11, actually, they just pushed a big update yesterday. So the, the Mac, there's not just that, there's not that many Mac streaming options. There's a few that are out there. But uh, yeah, anyone that wants to do this, it doesn't take anything of a machine. Matter of fact, I was playing around on, I have an old Windows 8 machine I was doing some testing with. And it was working just fine. I just, you know, just, I wanted to have a laptop here. I could monitor things. And so anyway, so we're, we're live audio stream. We're live video stream. We're a podcast. We're doing everything we can. (laughs) Well, I guess we still haven't cracked the, the, the LinkedIn nut yet. So, well, that's that's the next thing. As soon as, as soon as you get your, uh, credentials over there for a creator, then, we can yeah. we can add LinkedIn to the stack too. But hey, before we get into the stack here very much, um, I do want to uh, put the word out because we have gotten some boost, and uh, we received um, five thousand sats from from Scott, Scott Cora. He says, Hey, sending sat, sending support, sending love, go podcasting Scott from the talking beard podcast. We also got 21,112 sats from Dave Jones. He says uh, lots to think about in this discussion. My head is full with programmatic advertising with Dave last week. So, uh, Dave, we hope to fill your head again. Uh, today so uh those were the boosts that come in so we want to thank for the boost and also someone gave us a suggestion Fifty thousand sats and you get a new media show geek news central and rob if you'll send me some libsyn stickers Mm -hmm. and i will include some blueberry stickers we will give you a blueberry libsyn new media show of course god my Building may burn down if I have Libsyn stickers here. Um, <laughs> Libsyn blueberry care package of stickers. If you send us 50,000 sats on a boost. So um, make sure in your boost, you include your name and your mailing address. So uh, uh, the, if Robbie will get me uh, 25 or 30 stickers, we'll, we'll make sure we have a little boost package to send back out. So Yeah, that's great. Todd, I wanted to mention too that Dave Jones from the the Podcast Index Project, he's going to join us on the show next week. Oh, that's good. And, you know, it's actually good timing because just from an administrative standpoint, October 5th, I will not be available for the show or 4th or whatever the day are next. Let me look at the calendar here because I'm, I'm all screwed up. Let me go and look at the October. Yes, October 5th, I will be on my way to Reno. To right. hurt to hurt my liver, <sighs> so it's yeah, it's October what? Oh, September twenty eighth. September twenty eighth is good. October fifth is not. I'm going okay. out for a military reunion, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can already, I can already feel my liver already. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have such a great time. Todd. Yeah, and I'll come back and be hungover for three days. So uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, hey everyone, welcome to the show. Um, 
I do want to talk about one thing. Have you heard about OB3? That's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's OB3. Mm, not, not sure. Go. So go there, it's, it's, it it's a brand new open source stats redirect service. Oh. And the difference with it is, is that it's open source. Mm-hmm. Anyone that uses it will have their numbers publicly seen. It's open for public scrutiny. And so this is primarily for both Dave and Adam. Okay, so uh, I, when I listen to their show on Friday, I, I understand why the desire is to um, start a brand new redirect and make it open source. But we've been doing this since 2006. And while the technology is relatively simple to put forward, the filtering is a very, 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 very complicated process to get right. Right. Um, So, you know, the basic stuff of being able to get rid of bots and that kind of stuff should be pretty easy for them to code up. Um, And... I think that uh, that'll be the biggest challenge for them is to get the data to the point where it's not super inflated. Mm-hmm. I think they can probably get 80% of the way there very, very quickly. The other 20% is only going to be learned over time and collection of literally, they're going to be have to be in the millions and looking at data to see where, where things are not looking right, where there's trends, where they see stuff mm-hmm. that, doesn't make sense and um i think some of the folks are surprised when i they were talking about hashed ips like that being some sort of interesting thing and i was like uh we've been hashing ips for years Mm -hmm. to be gdpr ccpa of course no one can see that they have to trust us that we are hashing IPs. And in this example, they won't. You can actually see that the IPs are hashed. But um, another thing they're going to have to watch out for is it's real, real easy to count stuff that shouldn't be counted. I mean, it, it, that's that's the hard part on this. Um, and what well, I've always... Bots and stuff like that, that's what you're talking about? I think the bots, they'll be able to figure out but mm-hmm. it's real easy to to have a number that's much higher than it than it should be, um, because they're not probably not going to be following any of these rules that we fully understand um, is important. Far as how many times you count a specific IP, the the list that you have available for um, exclusion list, the exclusion list themselves are extensive we pay big money every year mm-hmm. for the for ongoing daily update of an exclusion list of servers just plain servers mm-hmm. um they're going to have to have um a little bit of time to build inclusion list in meaning yep. they're going to have to figure out what is and the thing is what's interesting is the inclusion list is going to be much smaller than they probably will even imagine um, largely because the way the modern internet works now, mm-hmm. y- it used to be a lot of people were behind, they would access their content from work. 
via their work uh, computer. Well, that's not the case anymore. People are ex consuming content at work from their phone. Right. So the inclusion lists are very, very minor now as compared to exclusion lists. The exclusion list is the ones that are, I mean, extensive, and you can only learn that with time. From data um, gathering, right. And the data gathering on that. Um, but when we, when we talk about IP hashing, what for those of you that don't understand this, is example, when, when you hit a charitable pod site, when you hit... Uh, Podbean, you hit Blueberry, you hit uh, OB3, you hit, you hit any of these new or any of these existing re redirect sites, you get the raw IP. That goes in the log. Mm -hmm. And then how often you want to process log that log to get rid of the crap. And really, the crap could make up 60% of those, those hits on those media files uh, that you're going to th just throw away. Cause it's, it's junk. Um, yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, definitely 50% of the stuff that comes in is junk and you have to, to dump all that. So I think that, um, until they get their hands around and again, and I'm not discouraging this at all, but I'm just saying, and they're going to have to get their hands around the, the metric data that is the real stuff the real, the real plays, um, of the content. And, right, they're, and they're probably not going to be able to afford getting IABs. I don't think they would either. ever want to. I, I really? yeah, okay. I think they're going to do their own thing. Uh, but I will say that one thing that the podcast 2.0 folks need to understand that I think we haven't been necessarily talked down to about stats but there is skepticism in that space on the validity of the data. And to be honest with you, I'm, I, I want to count. Going which way, Todd? Is it um, the, I think is they the just don't, I don't think they these just open platforms. No, I, I think be certified. Platforms? I, I don't think they trust the numbers or the methodology. And for who, for who, for, for the certified host. The certified host. Yeah. The certified host. Okay. host. So okay. believe me, I, I don't want to leave any clippings on the cutting room floor. I, I want to count every valid download. And what we found using the redirect, and I've talked about this publicly on this show before, is yeah. that the difference between hosted log data and redirect log data, and I'm, I'm giving the secrets here and how they can find ground truth on their information, is... Uh, hosted log data is the best you're ever going to get as far it's as complete data. It's right? complete. It's complete data. It shows, right. shows if the file delivered completely. It shows if they've come back uh, six hours, 12 hours later and continued to download the file again. You know, that's what we've done over the years is learn how to splice these, these plays back together. So if someone listened to a half a show on a morning commute and they came back in the afternoon and they hit play, again, and continued, we're able to splice that back together and say, okay, that's still a one. Mm -hmm. It's not a two. And the log data gives you the ability to do that, whereas the redirect data does not. And you will always, because of the additional filtering that you have to do, because you just can't always guarantee that it was a true 
play or download, you have to throw it out. So what we see is our redirect data, and no one else talks about this. Mm-hmm. No one, no one has said this ever. Chartable doesn't talk about this. Podsites doesn't talk about this. Podtrack doesn't talk about this. Redirect data will always be lower, and ours is five to thirteen percent lower. Lower if, because it's not counting everything. Because we because can't, we can't, we just can't, can't validate. validate we just can't validate every download. And then what I've had to do for in order to get our redirect certified, our, our hosted log files were certified first and we didn't get the redirect certified until round two. Mm-hmm. We had to build a, um, a model that basically val- we have to, well, we have to verify our model every 90 days. We have to run raw log data against redirect data that are basically a number of shows that are running both redirect and hosted. And we, and we basically see if our model is still right in, or if we have to tweak it a little bit to either throw some stuff out or to include it. That's part of our, was part of our certification and what really took a long time, a lot of money, a lot of looking at the code, a lot of running millions and millions of downloads and doing comparisons and okay what what happens with apple podcast versus a um on a download log or a redirect log what's the difference between pocket cast on a download and a redirect log what's the difference between overcast on a download and a redirect what is the difference case by case by case by case right to build a model that basically allowed us to say yes the redirect data is certified. The play download numbers that you get there can be taken to the bank, can be used for reporting to whoever you want to report to. And I stand behind it and, I, and I'm willing to go to, to the audit bank if I need to, to audit uh, content. So, so if they get that right, if OB3 figures this out, mm-hmm. All those shows will still have 10 to, t- let's say that it was perfect. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be throwing stuff on the cutting floor mm-hmm. because they won't be able to qualify every transaction that happens with a media download or a media play. And d- d- no one else talks about this. Uh, well, um, Mike, I mean, Todd, my question at this point is why do we need another redirect platform? They, they, they just, I, I think what they want is, I don't think what it is, is they don't trust. Okay. I say that I hash IPs and then GDPR CCPA compliant. I say that I have it in writing. I have as part of my IB certification. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. All these other companies have their own policy statements. I know Libsyn hashes their log files too. Mm-hmm. But what is happening, okay, for someone that's concerned about listener privacy? If you're concerned about listener privacy and attribution and reselling, do you really trust all these players in the space? Do you trust the other companies that are measuring not to use that IP data? to remarket to podcasters to sell that data. 
I think most of them say they don't. Okay, so you're concerned about I'm um, not concerned. These well, I mean just in concept here we're right. concerned about the the proprietary ownership of these redirect platforms being utilized as industry Absolutely. redirect platforms yeah. 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 versus having a platform that is an industry platform it's not specifically owned by right. any of the major players that has a vested interest That's right. in that and um, and it's open technology. The right. code can be reviewed. The code can be submitted to. The code can be analyzed. Um, I'm I, sorry, Podcast 2.0. I'm not helping you with your redirect. It's not in my business interest to do so. But it's in my podcast interest to say, you got a lot of work to do. Well, I guess it raises a bigger question. What's the purpose of the redirect? If the purpose of the redirect is to consolidate the industry into having some sort of a, nope, a consolidated view of the industry, or is it just for advertising purposes? And if that's the case, no. then, then it, it, doesn't, no, um, it's, it doesn't negate what's being done out there I, right I, now. I'm not going to uh, speak to the creator of this, but I, his basically point that I talked about in chat mm -hmm. was it's open. It's, you can audit, you can see how they're measuring, you can submit code. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's, it's transparency. Okay. It's more of a third party verification platform. Well, it's, it, I don't even call it that. It's an open, transparent platform. Right. Okay. And I'll probably sneak a show in there at some point and do some A-B comparison to see how they're doing. Um, I won't say if my devs have went in and looked at the code and give me hints on where they need work yet. They, I'll actually say they haven't, but I'm not saying that they're not going to. Um, but I think that if, I think there's a general, in certain circles, there might be a general distrust of some of the IEB data, but I, I'm going to, you know, I, I go back and I say, listen, well, because we, there is some variability in the IEB data. Oh, no, there is. There's some that's variability. inherent in yeah. the, the fact that it's a guideline. Right. It's not a, a strict spec. Right. Yeah. It's not a standard. Right. Um, but I think, uh, I think the industry probably needs to have a standard. I just don't know the industry would ever I don't think it'll get ever, to a point where everybody would agree to it. No. <laughs> That's so the real problem. I, I, I think, too, that there is a... Um, I, I told uh, in a tweet, Twitter thread that I would go into some of the history. when the And for this may be old news for those that listen to the show for a while, but when the IEB first started to look at podcast measurement, Libsyn, PodTrack, and Blueberry were not part of the initial discussion. And when we heard and found out that there was a discussion going on with a variety of individuals in the podcasting space, we put our money where our mouths were and each company did and wrote those big checks to join mm -hmm. to, if nothing else, help, um, how can I say this gently? Help, uh, help moderate the discussion. 
Right. Well, and to make it representative of the whole industry, right? Just a certain segment of the industry, I think is there. There, that process was painful. Yeah, it was. And because no matter what group you belong to, there's always somebody's got an agenda, and they think they're right. Yeah, and that was on full display at every call. That I was on. So we, the early be, days we have to be group. careful here, Rob. Don't talk right. about anybody here. We'll get in trouble. All right. <laughs> so, literally, we will. There, there was, there was right. g- great, robust discussions amongst right. many parties, right. some more robust than others. But it really boiled down to a meeting that happened in Las Vegas mm. where at NAB, we got probably, I didn't go to the meeting. 20 or 25 of the principals that were part of that discussion. Angelo, my CIO at the time, went in with printouts of information and they had a discussion. And that was the turning point where it wasn't emotion that drove the discussion anymore. It was the data and the science that drove the discussion. Well, um, that's what it converted over to. That's what it converted over to. Right. That wasn't what was going on before. No. Right. So it yeah. from that point forward, progress was made in the the guidelines document and the different caveats of how long we're going to look at an IP, how many times we're going to count an IP, all these variables. Yeah, we got in the weeds. Of the we we got in data. the weeds. Right. We wanted to have a much tighter specification. Mm-hmm. And Blueberry today operates on a much tighter specification than what the IEB standards call for. Because mm-hmm. when you're in a group, there is compromise. And that's why it, and that's why there's good and bad at the same time, Todd, I think it was good to have, I mean, it would be good to have a standard, but it also left open the market for some, um, some improvement and some innovation too. So that to have it just be a guideline. So that's why there's variability in numbers, right? That's why when you come to blueberry and you get a thousand downloads and you go to another platform and you get 1200, it's, it's how tight did we tighten on the spec? It's the whitelist, the block list. It's all that. It's stuff the also. time. It's the how many times you count the IP. Right. It's, it's, right. It, it, some people are not restitching all these things. Yep. And, and to be honest with you, we didn't want to show all our cards and how deep we went with mm-hmm. the, the data analysis and yep. the scrutinizing of the data because from day one, when Angela started building a platform, I had one rule, a one's a one. Well, I, an accurate stats I, back then was a competitive advantage, supposedly. And, right? and I and I didn't want I, I, I didn't want to overvalue mm-hmm. the the download. I one should not be a three, because if it's a three, it means it's one third less valuable. If right. it's counted as a three and it's actually a one. Right. Yeah. So that's why there's variability in, in the numbers a little bit. It depends on how tight the, the, 
it, the people follow the guidelines or go beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, there's always always an incentive in the market to have the numbers be higher. So oh yeah, that's that's, that's where the rub was. Is that, I, and uh, I didn't have an incentive to have right. the numbers be higher. I had the incentive to keep the value, and we keep talking about value. Right. The value of a of a listener to be much higher because if because mm-hmm. it goes back to the simple thing we know of a certain company that probably still today counts by sixes. So what if if you're if you have twenty dollars and you market twenty dollars to one person, you get twenty dollars worth of value. But if you take twenty dollars and you market to six people, right. the value of that is three dollars and twenty cents or something, right? It's less value of the marketing value. So for me, it was always better to have a tight number, but not leaving anything on the cutting floor so that, that we'd get the true value of what a listener is. Now, I, I heard yeah, something. I mean, not everybody in the podcasting space was looking at the podcasting space like that. Um, oh, well, that's <clears> for sure. Yeah, they weren't looking at the value of a listener. They were looking at the at the biggest number to present on a CPM model to an advertiser. So it depends on who you're catering That's right. to. Which, right. which was causing some eroding of the value of advertising. Now, And confidence on the buying side. Yeah. So right. there was a very, very in, interesting discussion that happened, whereas if you look at the value for value model, if you know what your number is, Mm-hmm. And if you, let's say it's a thousand, this is, that's, I, I was, this one made me kind of go, oh, that's cool. So if, if you know four to 10% of your audience will convert in value for value and, and doing a contribution, mm-hmm. whether it be a dollar, a thousand dollars or 10,000, whatever it may be as a contribution, you can very quickly figure out what your value per thousand is. Right. Uh, and and Adam came up with this number. I thought, wow, that's that's awesome. So you could actually back it out and say, okay, if you know four to ten percent is going to contribute, and I've got a thousand listeners, you know, and I've gotten you know four hundred bucks, then I'm earning a four hundred dollar value a VPM model. Mm-hmm. Or if it's forty dollars, it's a you know forty dollars per thousand listeners. I've got a forty dollar VPM. And from a, from a value for value model. So I, that was a brand new term. That was brilliant, by the way. So I, I just think that there is a, there doesn't need, and again, I, I wish the OP3 team and the folks that contribute code over there the best of luck. Um, I, I've spent, you know, since 2006 refining code. I'm not going back and refining someone else's code. Um, and learned all the hard lessons and, you know, all the things that can show up and do and people are trying to commit fraud and you know, everything else that you can imagine underneath the sun, click farms in India and, you know, the whole nine yards. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch how that develops over time because this is truly the first time that there is an, an open, non-private non-company controlled measurement platform. But I wouldn't be billing against that right now. <laughs> so why, so Todd, why do you think we need this right now? 
I don't think we need it. But I also have a commercial interest in saying we don't need it. So I have an agenda. So so why why was it important for you to talk about it today? Because I think that there I've heard over the past couple of years these under rumblings about people that have been concerned about the IB standards. Right. Okay. And I and I'm not saying that this that the reason they launched <coughs> the reason it was launched was because of that. I mean not even understand the politics of that at all. But I think there's a few in the space that are well, it's 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 first of all, it's expensive to get yeah, well, I would also just comment too that um the redirect side of podcast metrics has always been at the fringes. It hasn't been the primary, right? I think in the early days of the IEB there was a lot of oh, controversy yeah. around um, even the IAB even certifying oh, a, re- I, a, a redirect. That's platform. why that's why we right. didn't get re- that's why we didn't get certified the first round, right? Because we didn't even want to tackle it. That's when I, I was literally shocked when PodTrack got certified with their redirect. I was like, how how did they do that without r- real hosted data logs? Because we could see the delta. We weren't ob- right. we weren't oblivious to the delta in the numbers. I mean, unless we're trying to to create a um, a global metrics chart that's not biased by a particular, but but most podcasters are not going to use it because they don't want their right. numbers out there. Exactly, and they also. So I'm not really sure how this is going to be accepted or adopted, or I'm I, I'm, I'm really I'm, skeptical. Well, of it, actually, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. And again, I. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who comes in and contributes code mm-hmm. to help, you know, because in, initially I can almost be guaranteed if there hasn't been a significant amount of thought. Right. You know, we've got several, th- several thousand lines, maybe more than that. I think it was four or five thousand lines of code that does nothing but just work on the removable of junk. Mm-hmm. You know, I I literally think it's that big, and along with a whole bunch of reference data that it has to pull. You know, I, again, I don't. I'm not a coder, but there's there. You know, there's significant code. It's like, well, it took us 30 hours, yeah, to get through the code just on mm-hmm. how we process an IP. One IP. What happens is it comes through the pipeline, and what happens as it gets checked and where it gets thrown out and allows to pass and all these other variables that come in. Um, that's why processing stats is, is hard. It's really, really hard and things change. And again, things change on, on a daily basis. You have to be, you have to be watching on a daily basis because if a new server gets spun up somewhere and someone starts pinging, you need to know the IP of that server to, put it on the exclusion list. It's not that dramatic, but it can be. Right. And the only way, go go ahead. I was just, I'm just curious. I mean, it's, I think we've both wanted to have industry. Yeah. Level functions like this, right. That operated at a, I guess a, um, not a business interest 
perspective from the standpoint of a competitive position mm-hmm. like like we see today um, with a lot of these redirect platforms that are converted into ranking charts and all this kind of like that. And then those ranking charts come out and they are, are they're incomplete. It's misrepresent, but yeah. they give an impression about the size or significance of a given network, given the proportion of content creators that are in that platform um, that may, that aren't really reflective of the overall industry. I, I, and that's, I look That's at the danger. I look at our top 20 podcasters mm-hmm. and just blueberry's top 20 alone would disrupt several of the list pod track and who a couple right. of the others, it would disrupt that list in itself. You so know? that's how I, I look at this, Todd. I look at it from the standpoint of well, where could this redirect live? That would be as for lack of a better term to use nonpartisan, right? Well, um, that could anybody, be utilized by the whole industry anybody, to come up with a master list. Right? Again, I don't, <laughs> without a significant, significant contribution of code. That's not going to happen. Right? And if, if they do get a significant contribution of code to look out for fraud, to look out for all the things that we're having to, to filter on today, um, they're going to end up with wrong numbers. And usually it's, a, it's on the inflated side. Yeah. Is this a project for the, the up and coming? Uh, I don't know if I should even say it yet. Probably but. not yet. I, I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I don't new, think so, but you know, it, here's the problem though, Rob, we, we can, we can, coming, we can right. wish, we can wish right here in one hand that we have industry list of all the numbers of the top 500 shows in the industry. Most podcasters don't care about that. They don't care. They're not in that top 500 list. So I'm not here to serve that top 500. I'm here to serve, you know, it's those entities are going to do what they're going to do commercially. We got to make sure that the the ones that are under 500 are number one, you know, have enough to pay their hosting bill. But those folks aren't going (laughs) to, I mean, unless there's some benefit in being a part on a redirect program. And I'm not even sure that, that the whole concept of a redirect is really adds a lot of value to anybody. Well, it, it, if everyone was using it, there would be able to have the ability for everyone to be able to see this data. That's for sure. Right. And that, that therein lies one potential, but Mm -hmm. again, uh, I don't think you're going to get iHeart. They probably don't even care. They don't even know about this. Well, they want to be on the ranking chart or the the redirect that's going to make them look the best. Right. 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 Not beyond one that includes everybody that they wind up showing rank and, 25 out of, you know, you know, and, or something. and I, and I just kind of chuckle, you know, it's because Charter will just really reduce their prices by 50% on, on their entire pro- product line, which I found interesting. And the, you know, we've given free stats for customers since 2006. Well, it's you know. a free-for-all out there, Todd. For yeah. There's all, all these yeah. new companies wanting to offer the same services as what that's they're right. doing. So that's right. It, it, that's the fallout from that. But I don't care what Chartable does. I don't care what PodTrack does. I don't care right. what PodSites does. If right. they're not hosting the media, it's still not as accurate yeah, totally. as the raw log file. Yep. 
And that's why it's of lower value on the ranking chart. Well, even it's from a billing standpoint, right. you know, to me, if I'm billing on any of those companies numbers, right. you've just probably left five, seven, 10% of your, some people say, Oh no, ours is perfect as downloads. Prove it. That's what I'm going to uh, say. Prove it's not it. Gonna be, it's not gonna no, be. it's not going to be as good as a, as, as the, as the, as the raw the CDM real server. Right. 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 Can't be. I, I if well, it, just by its very technology nature, it, it never will be. No, um, there's going to be a Delta there. Yeah. And ours is, we know what our Delta is. And I think we're in a unique position to say that because I don't think very, you know, it's charitable. It's not hosting media. Pod sites isn't either. So, Unless they've taken raw log files from a from a partner and did a comparison, and they can say, "Oh, ours are one for one," then I'm going to really raise my eyebrow, you know. Yeah. But but none of them will say that. I mean, Todd, let's let's talk and just be clear so everybody understands why wow. there is less data on a on, on a redirect, and that's just because of the very nature of what a redirect right. is. It just redirects traffic. Yeah. Um, and you don't and get that once. Yeah, and once that redirect happens, it's you gone. lose the data. Yeah, right? to in, to a, in certain instances we get more than others, but usually right. it's nothing. It's yeah. here and gone. It's essentially a ping. Is all yeah, it is. I mean, to it like, to an extent. Right, and I don't I don't even try to be the technical person. And there's different layers of information that happens during a redirect. Sure, depending on where exactly what. Has hit the redirect, I guess, mm -hmm. for a better word, but still, right, and how fast the the connections are too. Connection, the speed of the connection has it, yeah. uh, minimal. But you know, the problem that's going to get into is somebody's going to say, "Oh, I want to be on Blueberry. I want to be on OB3. I want to be on Podtrack. I want to be on Chartable." <laughs> and you have like six <laughs> redirects. Your, well, I think the limit is actually URLs. five, uh, right. technically. Yeah. But you have to be careful because if you're on a platform that is doing um, media insertion or ad insertion, there could be another one or two right. in that, that process, on top of that, in top of that right. process. So, right. <laughs> you know, be careful, uh, test carefully. And another thing, too, is if one of those hosts go down, then... You know what? What uh, you, you're out. You're you're you can't be delivered. And plus, plus, this is one part I I've never been really clear on. But at the end of the redirect, the the origin host does it uh, lose access to some data no. that would be there if, no. if it was a direct? No. Okay. They don't. Yeah, that's, that's why good. the the hosted that's, that's why the hosted data is the best. Right. Okay. And in, and it it's it is interesting in that we just recently I was a little you know every once in a while I get a crawl on the back of my neck and I'm like we need to test our failover <laughs> because um, I have certain rules in place if the server goes down if the redirect server goes down then X number of seconds before server number two picks up. And then server number two, if server number two goes down, X number of seconds between server number three picking up because a redirect that this, that is for me, that's an outage. That's the worst nightmare 
that I could have is to have when you when you got 300 mil, 300 350 million downloads you're and by the way if you're processing 300 350 million downloads you're actually dealing with about 700 to 800 million actually traffic hits a month the amount of traffic that you actually get on your redirect is actually a double mm-hmm. or more than what is than what you actually show in someone's statistics log. So you've got to be able to handle that volume of traffic. And if, if you do the math, let's, let's take 700 million and you divide that by 30 and then divide that by 24 hours and then divide that down to the minute. That's a significant amount of traffic coming through that pipeline mm-hmm. and you 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 cannot go offline and just a few seconds of being offline it could be catastrophic so that's why from our side we went to four nines on reliability 99.9999 and the and believe me you don't get much time down in a year to maintain that that up rate, um, you'd have a couple of minutes offline and you know, you, you busted your, your allowance for the year. So, and usually if you're off for three, four, five seconds, no one's going to notice. Right. But anything more than that, and it, it starts becoming recognizable. So, um, it, it is a, you have to be able to trust the person that's running the redirect service to be able to stand that type of volume mm-hmm. on a redirect and not go down. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the overhead on the servers that do this are very, very light. It's right. they're optimized just to do that, you know? So it's, it's not like it's just a big, it's not like you're running Apache. Right. But, because if you tried to redirect on an Apache server, you, the thing would collapse in about a New York second. So, Todd, you know that we've been talking about redirects for over a half an hour, and I think we we probably killed the dead horse. Audience probably doesn't even know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> um, and and frankly, I don't know that they need to too much. No. But, um, you, but that's you, okay. you do come to the show to get a PhD. Right. Well, yeah, if you understand this stuff, you probably just, we'll just send you a PhD certificate. Okay. You're done. Some, so, some, some college in Australia right. is offering a PhD in podcasting, by the way. I saw that today. I did see that too. Yeah. I was like, hmm. So anyway, we'll get off this topic, but uh, good luck, OB3. Right. Well, you know, there's other stuff brewing out there too of uh, open organizations that were we're involved in. I'm not going to say too much more than that at this point, but yeah, you guys, uh, you guys been uh, trying to determine a name, just name. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, I think we decided on one. So I guess my domain names, I can just use those for something else. So it I looks like, so, or you can just point them all to this <laughs> yeah. project. So I don't even know what, what the domain that has been acquired. So, well, it has uh, been acquired or has not. 
I got the impression that it had been. Oh, okay. So, well, good. So, and I know we're, <laughs> we're, we're now again puzzling our audience. Yeah. So, basically it, it doesn't have to be yeah. a secret. Uh, there was a meeting at podcast movement, a podcast 2.0 meeting, a bunch of folks got together and there's a number of us that are trying to form a bit of a group to make some decisions and it's going to be open. It's not like it's going to be this closed thing. Yeah. So it's uh, not a, and, Closed group, just in the sheer name of this yeah, thing, yeah. says open. So yeah, it's so. it's really just kind of getting all of our ducks in a row about. It's all about the podcast namespace. Yeah, is what what it is, and trying to get the industry to support it. So, so anyway, um, we'll have more on that soon. Uh, I'm still not ready to talk about my trip because I have not gotten an airline ticket yet. So until I have an airline ticket, I'm not talking about this forthcoming trip. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. I, I wish I was going really, but that's okay. Well, you're going to New York. I am going to New York. Yeah. So you get, which is not that far for me. No, (laughs) instead I'm going to be 30 hours on an airplane. (laughs) That'll give everyone a little hint going along, going to the other side of the planet. Yeah. So, um, layoffs. Yeah, I thought I would mention that. Uh, and then also the Sounds Profitable article that came out from Tom Webster talking about uh, his observation on the keys to growing podcasting. And it's uh, it's it's probably not going to be a big surprise to us if if we really look at this. But I just was curious about that, um, that article and what it might mean as we start thinking about um, growing listeners as we think about how radio is um, evolving or devolving or however you might say that, that it may not be, um, if you look at the share of ear data, and this is what Tom was pointing to to some degree, was what we're seeing happen is that the percentage of people listening to AM, FM radio is declining, but not really very fast. It's been, it's been declining. Um, and then the, the growth of audio listening on mobile devices is growing as well. It's slowing, but, um, you're starting to see the listeners to radio and the listeners to audio on mobile devices kind of reaching parity. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And I think his, his thought is, is that there would be kind of a, a, a takeover that would happen. And you typically when you look at the metrics for AM FM listeners, they tend to be older, right? Right. So it's, it's an opportunity from what he's saying is to be able to migrate these older listeners, uh, which is, a you know, the baby boomers and all that stuff over to using their mobile devices more to listen and consume the content. Now, granted the podcasters were like, were way in that, right? Yep. (laughs) But, but I think where he's seeing the opportunity is the conversion of people listening to audio content, not just podcasting, but audio content on their, on mobile devices as maybe, uh, a way for us to grow listening, um, to podcasts. So I don't know what you think about well, that. You know, I have a little different perspective. I, I, I'm a boomer. Yeah. Um, uh, born in 64. So that right. gives, you know, I'm right there. I'm the last year of boomers. Right. I started podcasting as a boomer. I'm a boomer. 
So, you know, I started podcasting when I was 40. And um, my audience is always run older. But also my audience was largely nerds and geeks. Mm -hmm. And they were already, you know, they had the advanced mobile phones. They weren't struggling to use the mobile devices in, in the very beginning when, when mobile first came out. They were, they were some of the ones that could afford to buy some of those early phones. Now, there is the non-technical segment that did not. Mm-hmm. And I think you have some folks that are, let, let's, go, let's go up in the upper end of the boomer age range. If mm-hmm. we get into the, into the 80s, I don't think they're in their 80s. What is the no, top end of boomers? 70, 70 I something. I think it's upper 60s, I think. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Wherever I go, I see uh, um, people that are in the upper stages of life that have mobile phones. Now, my mom, she's 82. Um, she's very adept at, uh, mm-hmm. consuming content on her, on her mobile phone. She listens to podcasts mostly on her, on her iMac, but it's mm-hmm. largely because, you know, she's sitting around in her, in her, in her bedroom and, you know, surfing and she's listening to podcasts on the side. So I think that it's going to be a hard nut to crack to get yeah. past a certain age point. But I think all of us are growing into, um, I, I'll have a cell phone till I fall over. So, you know, it, because you, you cut my teeth on one. So now I'll consume content and right. be doing things until I can't see my cell phone no more. If I, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so if, if we want to hurry up, I don't know how much more we can to hurry up because some people are just not going to do, and it's also a social economic thing too. Mm-hmm. When people get older, they have less uh, disposable income. So they, they throttle back on their, and typically they throttle back, you know, you, unless you have a great retirement plan, but most people are surviving on social security. So what are they doing? They're, they're listening to content uh, on their on their television and they're com- maybe on the computer um, um on their radios wherever those radios might be yeah right? so i know out in my uh out in our pole barn we have a radio that just runs continuously out there that's tuned into mm-hmm. a local radio station i think it keeps the cats company um but i don't know i i just uh even where I live, I see most people that are older that are on their mobile phones. Now, then again, uh, I don't, they hear I'm a podcaster and maybe they don't fully understand that, those that are older. So, but I think, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but they're going to age out at some point. You know, if you look at the, the share of ear data that um, Tom shared in the article it shows very consistent consumption of AM FM radio um, over the last seven years. Uh, it it really hasn't varied, and that's that's not podcast. That's audio. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here to some degree. But um, but the the distribution of podcasts versus radio is what's interesting. 
we saw podcast consumption back in Q4 of 2020 um, spike way up, um, right. but yet radio consumption stayed the same. And, and actually, actually between Q4 of 2021 and Q2 of 2022, which is um, when we just finished that, right? Um, the consumption of AM FM radio on a mobile device went up a little bit. Hmm. So this isn't entirely a conversation about podcasting. This is a conversation about, about, um, audio consumption on a mobile device. Right. And how there might be more convergence here with radio, um, and podcasting than we, you and I maybe thought. Uh, um, But I don't think iHeart is doing anything to move those listeners to the app. I think it don't take me wrong. I think iHeart is desperately trying to get those that are 18 to 40 to listen via iHeart because they're not right. listening on the radio. Right. Well, I think that's a foregone conclusion that one. I think what this one is focused more is the behavior of boomers. Really? Mm. If you really want to, want to sum it down. Yeah. I don't know. I see some pretty savvy boomers. So I agree. I mean, we're, we're an example of it actually. But I, and they are, you know, boomers are consuming quite a bit of, of of podcast in the same, in the same token. And I know this does, I don't know what rural America makes up for population wise, what 10, 15, 20% probably. Mm-hmm. Um, bandwidth and connectivity in rural America puts everyone at a disadvantage, 18 to 80. And it's just right. because it sucks. So you're more inclined to listen to the radio because bandwidth sucks. Um, you know? Yeah. And smartphones are expensive. Well, data plans are are cheaper, but they're still money. Well, I think very rarely do I see people without a cell phone. I think the bigger... Yeah, but I think we've reached saturation, haven't we? Like, I I would think so. Like 90% penetration of cell phones now. But I have people that won't use their cell phones to consume content out where I live because there's one bar and it's horrible experience. Right. It's slow, right? It's slow. So they're not going to consume radio on their phone when they can turn on the radio. And they're not going to consume podcasts because now everyone, you know, everyone thinks you just hit play and there's not this knowledge level that's escaped people that you can, by the way, you can download it when you're in town and you can play it when you're at home. You know, that that's kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah. So again, that's only a percentage of the population here in town where I'm at right now, you know, 12 miles from where I'm in a, you know, bandwidth desert, I've got, you know, 5G. So yeah, I don't know. I, I it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. I, re- I really think it is. Tom, Tom seems to think it's significant. So if you haven't read the article, yeah, I did, it, it, it was pretty long and I went through it and. So what do you, what, what is he telling us to do? I think it's, it's more to do with, um, the industry 
kind of embracing radio listeners more mm-hmm. and, and trying to reach, reach them uh, more. And I think that the crossover between podcasting and radio on mobile devices um, needs to happen more. Hmm. So we get those older listeners to find the content that they're already listening to that are on radio, um, more on their mobile devices, I guess. I got you. That's, that's, that, that's clearly where the trend lines are going. But I think we've kind of pulled that one apart. I should probably get Tom on to kind of dig a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But, Mm. uh, but yeah, I did want to talk about the whole ACAST, um, layoffs thing. If we think that that is coming to podcasting, I, I don't think that we've seen much of that. Um, I think there's so much optimism in the podcast medium right now about its future and its growth, um, that this hasn't happened much. And I think ACAST could be a little bit of an anomaly, um, into what's happened, but it's hard to say, you know, I think it depends on how far the economy dips over the next, I think over the next 18 months, I think is the window of uncertainty here. Um, but it's hard to say, Todd, I don't, you know, back in 2008, we, we went through this yep. to some degree. Um, and podcasting was relatively unscathed. And, and but the advertising was nowhere near the level right, where it is now. No, right. no. But right. at the same point, if, you know, I keep looking at the number of active episodes that are being produced and it continues to be a, a dip, a significant dip. Of content creation. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it, I wonder if we're going to see a dip in audience because of that. I, you know, I, you know, I did an interview with someone yesterday and I said, this is, is, as a content creator, this, if you are just getting started, this is the time to, to pour the coals on because this is an opportunity here to be seen, right. you know, cause we're, we are in a little bit dip of content creation you know, your content can rise up very, very quickly if you're doing the things you need to do. Yeah. But Todd, do you think that there's going to be pressure on companies in the industry that's going to, going to result in staff cutbacks or advertising? Absolutely. Or do you think that the industry has been operating fairly lean? Oh, I, I don't think some of these groups are running lean. Why did ACAST just cut 17%? They're overstaffed. Yeah. So, but they want to get, they want to, they say they want to get to profitability. So that means that they're right. That was their, that was their reason. I thought that part, part of it, and this came out in detail somewhere that I read that they had overinvested in Mexico or something. Um, and the market for advertising in Mexico really hasn't developed. Well, I didn't see anything on that. You didn't? Okay. I wasn't, you know, I haven't been digging for anything either, so. Yeah, I know in certain pockets around the world, the podcast advertising market really hasn't hasn't developed yet. I, I think the what you're going to see is it'll play out at first of the year because a lot of inventory has already been sold through the end of the year. People did year buys. 
and we'll see. Oh, it. so okay. So you're talking about the impacts of renewals. Oh yeah, for sure. Year, for sure. Right. After the holiday cycle and the political cycles, right? Yep. We'll see what happens when it when it comes to that. But you know where the numbers are at from a, you know, yeah, I, I but, but get in. Where I, do we stand with the economy too? I mean, what's going to happen to interest rates and? Oh, they're they're going access up. To cash, <laughs> right? You know, and people are struggling. So people are already cutting spending dramatically. Even me. There's stuff I go to the grocery store now I don't get that I used to get because my grocery bill's gotten to the point of absurdity. Oh, yeah. Food is, is completely out of control. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to get any easier for a long time. And I'm lucky. I have access to, you know, I don't, I don't buy meat at the grocery store because we put animals in the freezer every year. So, you know, I pay it for a different way. Yeah. But protein is yeah, I just, just don't eat much. off the chart. I just don't eat much. That's my solution. Well, that's, you know, we still have to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the economy. I, I think that uh, uh, so goes the economy. So goes the, there will be cuts in podcast advertising. There's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and I think. It, it'll happen. Well, it happened last time, but you know, again, why did we come through unscathed? Why did actually my company grow during 2008? It was because people doubled down on content creation and people were, were using that as another method to make sure they got their marketing out. The businesses were building funnels. It was almost like, the beginning of the pandemic in 2008 is when all these companies realized, Hey, we need to do something more. So I think right. companies are going to be more strategic on where they spend their social marketing dollars. They may not be buying advertising. They might be creating content to. Yeah, Todd, I do agree with the premise. If I think kind of more of a historical perspective too, but uh, is that I think that, there's been so many new podcast hosting platforms mm -hmm. um, that hosting has become rather commoditized. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of competition in that area. Um, and I do think that a lot of the companies have shifted their models, realizing that there was a lot of competition on that to differentiate by advertising um, and building up that side of their, their business as a hedge against Honestly, free hosting. You mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of the hosting platforms felt a little threatened by free hosting. Um, so they needed to build other revenue streams to support the, there, you know, the operations. At, at the same point, the, those new entrants in the last five years didn't have to pay the penalty that we all had to pay in the early days of getting to scale. You know, to get to, to get our prices down, we had to get to scale to get our, my bandwidth bill has not changed in 15 years or 10 years. It's I paid down, hasn't it? Uh, my volume has grown. Right. But my bill Your stayed. Per, per gigabyte number has gone right. down. Right. But, but, but since you've grown the downloads, right. the numbers stayed the same. But okay. now people can get into the space today and not pay, have to do that 10 year penalty to scale. They get right. the same price that is almost the same price I'm getting today without having to have gone and built petabytes of and traffic earned it and earned it. Right. right. Uh, because this, the, 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 the 
hell, if I could have gotten the pricing I'm getting now, 10 years oh, ago, right? <laughs> we, we would have had a whole different model too. Yeah, Todd. And if I think back even further than that, back when I first started getting into this, uh, there weren't hosting platforms no. that existed. I had to buy my own servers. Me too. Contract my own T1 lines. My, and, my, right. my bandwidth bill is five, 600 bucks a month just to right. do Geek News Central. Right. You know, and that, that was, and, that, and it was changing servers every three days because there was, there wasn't, yeah, we'll give you 500 gigs for that price. Yeah. Things you have know. changed a lot. <laughs> I think yeah. It, thank goodness. A lot of, a lot of folks, I guess, don't always think about where this medium came from. I mean, prior to Lipson's existence, right. there, there wasn't anything like there this. was nothing. <laughs> right. Um, no. We were all out there hand coding RSS feeds <laughs> off of our blogs. They don't. So, they don't care about that, yeah. Rob. That's gone. You know. We don't I know have to... <laughs> it is gone. Thank goodness it's gone. I'm tired of putting the wrong comma in my RSS feed yeah. and breaking my feed. So people right. still break feeds though, but for different reasons. But <laughs> right. So I. I don't. I. You know. I, I hope. And that's what. Okay. So I sit on a cash reserve. I've been very protective of my cash reserve. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, religious about my cash reserve. Because, rainy day fund. Right? Because I was, I don't have VC. Right. Um, and I know how long I can operate if everything goes to zero. Nothing will go completely zero. But I can operate a long time on my cash reserve. And yeah. um, because in the early days... <laughs> You know, when the when the market changed and we transitioned our business, we were lucky. Revenue was going down in advertising as revenue from other services was going. And they kind of met in the middle and we survived. Right. But we were lean, very, very lean. And um, I'm still lean. I still run a very lean operation for what we do. Yeah. You know, and when someone says, oh, we laid off 80 employees, that was 17% of our workforce. I'm like, I've got 20. Right. <laughs> That's like three times my whole staff. Right. You yeah. know, I'm just like, really? And actually yeah. without interns, it's closer to 16 or something like that. You know, so yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, we're, we're small, we're lean. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I still sometimes choke when I see the, the monthly expense bill, <laughs> but well, I think also Todd, there's another element to this too of, you know, you start looking at the games that have been played by some of the larger players around content acquisition right. uh, and guarantees, things like that. And I think a fair amount of companies have gotten burned on that. Oh, I, um, I feel they've gotten, yeah, it's just throwing good money after bad. I mean, I understand why it happens. It's, sure. It's, it's very much a competitive landscape and there's a lot of really great content creators out there that are in a great bargaining position. Yep. Um, and companies tend to throw money at that because they want those big, big names, you know, but I think there's, you know, I yeah. think a lot of those that are being signed are earning significant revenue on advertising mm -hmm. dollars, but it may not be more than what the guarantee is. And that's the, that's, that's the problem sometimes. I don't yeah. know how those deals are going to look, but I guarantee you if someone comes to me 
and tries to assign Geekness Central, they're going to give me five times revenue. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going for less than five times revenue of what I currently yeah. have. They want me exclusive five times revenue. Right. And, and it's not going to be some one or two year commit either. I'm going to, I'm going to get a three year deal out of it. Well, if they're going to do that, they're going to want to have a longer term commitment. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that's otherwise, yeah. why would I, why would I right. potentially come off a deal for one or two years and right. have to have to almost like start over? Such as the conundrum of a podcaster like Joe Rogan, right? Oh, Joe's in a, he, he can do whatever he wants. Joe's <laughs> Joe's golden. He, he, he has nothing to worry about. No, I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying, you know, he, he has options, right? right. He doesn't have to stay in that Spotify deal. No, nope, he doesn't. Think. And I don't think a lot of these content creators that are being signed have to stay in those deals. I think they're, they've gotten those deals for a reason. They're doing great revenue. They have great audiences. Well, it's guaranteed revenue. It's, well, it's true. It's not, right. It's, I hope it's guaranteed revenue plus. I hope they still keep a big portion of their advertising dollars. You know, because be honest with you, what are you, what are most of those plays for? Those, most of those plays are for ears. Those, right. those are to well, build volume for, on their platform. It's for users is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the game. Oh, that's, that's why I said ears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the game that Spotify is playing. It's not listeners, it's users. But you look at what Amazon and other folks are doing, the, the deals they've signed, they, they haven't even broke above 1%. They're not even nowhere close. Now, maybe they're getting lots of consumption on their app, on their shows, but they surely are not helping anyone else outside of the iHeart family, direct family. And there's no, I mean, absolutely zilch. So, you know, I'm sure they have great success with their, with their internal shows. So, right. But so, um, I do think in the next year we're going to see increased distribution opportunities. And I do think that video is going to play a stronger role, uh, going forward. I, I do think that there, there's a lot of pressure on, on video to do extraordinary things, but, um, but that may be unrealistic, but you got a lot of content creators. Again, that's going to be 10%. 90% of content creators are not going to want to create video. You know, yeah. they're not going to want to invest money in a set, in a background. You well, know, if you're, if you're a company like YouTube, well, it's, you know, it's not the perspective, right? No, but at the same time, uh, YouTube is now competing with TikTok. Their lunch is getting eight by TikTok. Well, why, why do you Facebook, think, why do you think right. TikTok is under so much pressure? by the legislation because they're the lobbyists from YouTube and uh, Google and Apple, they they're getting their eight lunch from dollars going to TikTok. So of course there's going to be a campaign to, to bad mouth them. So what is YouTube now getting ready to announce lower tiers to earn money on the platform? You won't have to have a hundred thousand listener hours to earn money. All I want on YouTube is for the, my, the people that are watching live, the ability to send me a tip, you know, turn that on for me. Why not? I'll give YouTube a, 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 a cut of that. Why can't right. I be part of their partner program? Right. 
I might be yeah. more inclined to promote YouTube if I was inclined, was able to earn some revenue value for value from them, but they're not. Right. So wh where are we at? We, you know, come to the website, hit the PayPal link. Right. You know, we don't push that on this show, but I do on my other show. And we're not necessarily pushing Patreon here. So just, right. just to establish that ground. <laughs> so, so time will, time will tell here where this all, where this ball bounces. But I think creators are never by these cor big corporations are in their best interest. They say they yeah. are, but you know, in the end it's, they've, they've got to make their numbers for corporate America. Yeah. Tom also put in his article that he, he wrote, he says, uh, two dudes Rapping about the Cubs is not a podcast. It's a cry for help. <laughs> Build a show. Your competition isn't another Cubs podcast. It's TikTok. So think about the complexion of that quote. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wonder if uh, uh, Tom is not a Cubs fan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what the purpose of the quote was, but that's, I, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, but it does, it's a telling quote, actually. Uh, I do think that what, what, one of the reasons that Facebook got out of podcasting was because of TikTok. So, <laughs> mm. well, you know, it's, you, I, I just buyer beware. You go on these platforms, you, you know, you have to understand they can change the terms at any moment and they're going to make sure that they fill their pockets before they fill yours. And you have to know the goal of what you want to accomplish out of those platforms. Yeah. So, and what's the potential role that TikTok could play in podcasting? Well, I think some people that's, are being very effective question. in doing, uh, doing shorts to, you know, but again, that takes, you got to, you got to record content, then you got to edit content and then you got to create, you know, so it's, you got to grind. It's that's work. I mean, if, if TikTok is going to become the, the new next YouTube, which I think they're clearly on track to challenge YouTube for certain content. I don't know the, these platforms are converging on each other, Todd. Well, the last thing I want to see is what's in my TikTok feed in YouTube. TikTok takes me down some really weird holes. It don't, does. don't ever heart certain types of content because it will suck you down into it and it'll take you 20 minutes to get out. Yeah, but you know that Facebook and and these other platforms are going to adopt TikTok practices, right? Yeah. And they already are. So it's it and then TikTok is going to adopt Facebook's longer form content, that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to watch long form content on TikTok. I go yeah. to t TikTok to get my dopamine fix and then I'm done. Right. Right. <laughs> that's what we used to say about, about, about YouTube too. Remember it was only short content. Yeah. On, but I, you on, know, I don't YouTube, watch now. It, it's like the whole spectrum. I, I don't watch any. I think the shortest videos I watch on YouTube now are like 40 minutes. It's between people building it's their houses. It's longer than it used to be, Todd. Well, yeah. it's between people building their house in the wilderness or on a sailboat or, you know, it's. Well, 
And there's channels on YouTube where people don't even talk. They just and some of those are the biggest ones making right. the most money. They don't say right. nothing. Right. They just, you know, it's like a nature scene or it could be like a fireplace burning. You know, you know, there was, you know, an apple rotting. I I came out of the shower this morning. I had the TV (laughs) turned on. I'd watch a YouTube series. I watched and he had skipped to something else. It was some girl eating food. That's all she was doing was eating food. And I'm like, what is this? Get me out of this. You know, why do I watch someone eat? You know, that's, but that's the kind of content that's on TikTok, right? That's mostly, you know, well, well, not at a complete picture, yeah. but that kind of stuff exists over there too. I see a lot of TikTok people trying to get people moved to Instagram. A lot of Instagram people trying to get people to go to TikTok, <laughs> go, go, or go to my YouTube channel, watch the rest of the content they use it as a teaser. Yeah. You know? I hate to say, but the Instagram platform is not, uh, not the best place to be these days. Oh, I, I don't, I don't tread there very much, but a lot of people do certain creative types do. There's, there's just a lot of scammers going on over there. I have not run into any of that. You haven't business no. or what type of scammers? Just all sorts of different kinds of, you know, people reaching out, trying to, to entice you to do this. Or oh, entice you to do I, that. I don't get yeah. any of that. And I don't read any messages that come in on Instagram. I ignore it all. If right. they're not a direct friend, I, I just, it just goes, just stacks up. I don't, yep. don't read any of it. And it's the same thing. And it's come up in the podcast trades or actually on Twitter here re- recently about, um, the podcast promoters. Mm. On, oh yeah. On, they're just on LinkedIn. They're just out of control. Yeah. Constantly pinging you and they're getting actually more and more aggressive. I, I probably get 25 friend requ- or 25 LinkedIn requests a week from promoters. promoters. Yeah. Right. And then uh, m- at least most of them yeah. say promoter in their description. So I can ignore them. And those that don't, they send me a message and I block them. Yeah, so, and it's only been, it's, it's only been recently that they've started to drop using the term iTunes. You know, I, to be honest with you, li- <laughs> LinkedIn is great in some instances, but it is the biggest spam machine out there. True professionals. Right. Uh, cold emailing me. I, it, it drives me crazy. I, I have a very public email address. Why can't they? Well, I guess it's good. My inbox isn't full of their crap on. So they reach out on LinkedIn. You know, it's, it's really well, odd. It, well, it takes more effort to send an email because on on LinkedIn, they'll actually prompt you and say, you know, click this button to write the text for you. Right. <laughs> I think I'm up to like 6,000 followers right. or something like that on LinkedIn. And yeah. I probably have gotten a hundred good contacts over the years. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked a lot about stuff today that isn't podcasting, but we did talk about a bunch of stuff that is. And, uh, I don't know. It's good. It's an interesting time in the space right now. It'd be interesting to have Dave on next week. Yeah. Yeah. We can podcast index. We can, we can pick his brain for a whole hour. We're going to talk about all those new, uh, podcast, um, namespace. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Are you guys, uh, you guys ready to have your brains explode next week? 
tell all your friends to be here. It's going to be good. Yep. So, and of course, I, I did hurt Dave's brain. We heard him last, we, we hurt his brain. You know, you got to love it though, because they don't care about advertising at Podcast 2.0. They really don't. It's, it's actually advertising, well, podcast advertising in the Podcast 2.0 space is kind of like pew, pew, and we don't care. <laughs> well, they're, they're a, they're an accurate reflection of the origins of this medium. Yeah, for sure. You know, Adam, Adam wasn't about advertising. No, no. So. Uh, as he, as he puts it, all advertisers would have already fired him, you know, because, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have advertising on his show. No, so. and, and no right. filter either. So right, right, stuff right. John says on there makes me sometimes go, Whoa, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, John is de- and, and Adam showed John is the one now that surprised me. He says stuff to me like, man, if you were on well, a it's, I mean, let's be honest. It's when you start adding advertising to your show, you have to, you yeah. have to think twice a little bit more about the stuff you talk about. That's right. right. Yeah. And they don't have to, they, they, no right. filter. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's a little bit of the reason why, you know, in the early days of podcasting, advertising wasn't highly looked upon. Yeah, that's why I, I lost. Know, I got, that's why I lost a bunch of my audience when I announced I had a sponsor. I no, I lost a bunch of my audience when I announced I'd signed a book deal and actually got paid. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> the attitudes that was by the listeners. That wasn't podcasters. That was listeners revolting. You took money to write a book. How dare you? I mean, that's a good. It's uh, a good <laughs> segue into this Satoshi stuff, right? So, yeah. Podcasters have direct relationships with yep. audience, yep. right, and get direct support, which is what Adam has been doing for years yep. on his show. Yeah, right. I, I, if I could replicate that model, Rob, then we would have a. Chris, Adam's looking for his exit plan, and I'm like, wow, that sounds like a heck of a entrance plan, you know, to be able to replicate what they do is uh, that's it's impressive, you know. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of podcasters, if they could replicate. You know, that, that's life-changing money they earn on that show, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, and I'm not against advertising. No. It, it it just has a place in the medium, uh, as proportion to people's desire to participate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, well, anyway, we're close to the end here. Believe it or not, we made it. We so, always make it talk. Yeah, we, always make it. we do. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. and. Uh, Yes, we're, we're, we're approaching, we're getting closer to being able to light things up and do the lit piece. So I'm just finding times here and there to implement stuff while I'm still trying to run a company and, you know, and, and keep the, keep the employees, uh, paid. You got to make payroll. That's the goal. Well, Todd, I was wearing the spirit of, uh, PodFest today. Oh, so that's the next big. I had a discussion about PodFest yesterday. Big podcasting event that's on the horizon here. Yeah. I've got an email out to them. We want to see the entire floor layout and where the breakout rooms are, where all, AKA all the booths are, not just the ones that we got shown last year. Mm, that's mm, a good point. That's yes. a good point. Yeah. And uh, we went, I actually went and, and Googled to see if VidFest had a there's been no updates on that page for VidFest. And I went, looked at some Bitcoin stuff to make sure there'd been no updates for some Bitcoin. 
making sure that uh, PodFest is going to be PodFest and not a combination of uh, two other things. Well, Todd, uh, before we leave here, do do you think that there's an opportunity for PodFest more now since what happened to Podcast Movement? No. No? He's got to get out of this regional mindset. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, if you if you can draw significant numbers from all fifty states, and there's there's an opportunity, but I don't think so. What do we think he should do to make it so? Do you think he should have that event in other cities around the country? Is that what you're thinking? I I, I don't think they have the organization to do it. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. I I don't okay. think so. The communications, you know, uh, I love what he's done, but the communications over there is horrible. Yeah. Do do we think there's going to be any changes with podcast movement looking forward, going forward? That's up to podcast movement. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, it's a we'll see. It's an interesting question to ponder. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the fallout is is going to be after that? I'm. I'm implementing, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be implementing what I had planned to do before. I'm not going to go into details on it, but the value that I'm getting out of trade shows right now is it's, it's waned. Rough. It's rough. Right. I'm not getting an ROI. Some events I have to go to to wave the flag to say we're still here, but I'm not getting ROI out of the events. Why is that, do you think? Is it more to do with attendance? It's attraction of new content creators. Or the interest of people in creating new content. You and I are both in the customer acquisition business. Yeah, we are. And if I can't go to an event and have an an appreciable acquisition of new customers out of the event, why, why do I need to go? Well, I can answer that, but... I think I, that's well, I, not the top. No. That's not the top True. Uh, reason. Right. 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 Yeah. They, so, like I said, they wave the flag and say we're still here and, you know, right. the networking and all that. Yeah. But can I accomplish that without a booth? Um, Just get a meeting room. Probably. Probably. There's a lot of talk about that concept. And also... Talk about maybe a different kind of event. Um, I know y- you and I are not always happy with how these things are organized. No. Um, especially the the networking events. Oh, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And the and I think the big thing for me is the extremely loud music. Right. Um, I think there's others that feel the same way. I I don't feel that's an unusual opinion given, especially what we've seen over the last few years. Um, it's only gotten worse. (laughs) It's, there is a huge, we go to the events to talk to content creators and get ideas and learn what they're doing. But when you are in a after hours event and it's 8,000 decibels and you lose your voice, just trying to talk to someone, there's no networking there. That's that's it defeats the whole purpose of being there. Right. And that's so that's the, why some yeah. I just avoided some parties because it's just 
Yeah, the the yep. Some people like to go and have fun and have free drinks. That's cool. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not where business is. It's not where ideas are being formed. It's not where relationships. It's not where partnerships are being developed. That that doesn't happen at parties anymore. They used to. Yeah, I think it's about you know just turning the music down. It, I think we can we can still have the same parties and still have the same fun. And, sure. But just turn the decibels down by half. <laughs> uh, let's go 75%. 75%. Okay. Well, yeah, I was willing to take at least half. <laughs> so, um, I think is it's a very simple solution. Um, and I just don't understand why it, it's taken us 10 years to convince the industry that it needs to happen. Because Rob, they've spent, hundred thousand dollars to throw a party and it's a party it's not a networking event it's a party so but at a podcast conference a networking event party is the same thing rob we're so, old so we no, also not. Have to, uh, i'm not on. old <laughs> no but um, see todd that's why i say half the volume yeah 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 i do think that People want to have that experience of loud music, but it doesn't have to be so loud mm-hmm. that like, I can't even talk. I mean, right. my voice, um, frequency is so low and I'm so tall that by the time my voice makes it down to someone's ear, nobody's hearing it. And being <laughs> that we've been talking all day, I don't necessarily want to get right up in someone's face either. And that's what you ultimately have to do right. is like, you have to talk directly into their ear. Yep. Um, and that isn't the best thing too, f- for trying to prevent spread of disease. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, COVID. <laughs> so yeah, right. Right. So, you know, I, it just feels like we're shooting ourselves in the foot and. But we've asked and thing. asked and asked to we're blue in the face. It's not going to happen unless there's something Actually, else. Actually, I gave up for the last couple of years. Me too. I just haven't said anything. Yeah. So I just, just either go or you just don't go. Right. Yeah. Because you can be guaranteed if it's one of those music groups that sponsored the event, they're going to. Or the radio group. They're going to have it cranked right. up. Right. If they're a music and bring in, uh, you know. S- some of the best events I've went to is where it was lounge style. Yeah. Everyone sitting around co-mingling, well, that, hanging out, you know, that's why the, the, the bar down in the yep. lobby has always been, been a, a popular place. Yep. And it, it, but the problem with the last bar was it was so intermixed with other groups that you didn't know who was, who, who was right. who. So, yep. yeah, but it is what All it right. is. All right, I everyone. Guess, I guess we've gone long again. Yeah, it's okay. Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News is my Twitter account. And uh, Rob? I'm on Twitter, too, at Rob Greenley and robgreenley.com. And you can send me an email if you want to reach out to me, robg at lipson.com. And happy to hear from you. And uh, give us any kind of leads or tips on things that are going on in the industry. We would... Love to hear it, and we can talk about it on the show, and we'll keep a steady stream of cool guests coming on the show. But Todd and I always enjoy these solo together shows. Gives me so, a chance to get caught up on my rants. Right, right, and we haven't done a lot of those lately. So no. there's always been a lot of 
lot of guests either on stage or and we and we haven't gotten any like super secret stuff lately so you know maybe people don't want to whisper in our ear anymore i think a lot of people in this industry are starting to get pretty competitive so people are quiet yeah and i'm the and i like to blab so (laughs) especially on this show right that's right All right, everyone, thanks for being here. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, same channel. Again, we've got to check out newmeshow.com forward slash live. Stuff will be in replay. There'll be two, three shows in replay over there. If you want to use our live stream, again, I'm going to make this available to really any podcaster that wants to use it. would have a, you know, a few rules that go along with it. But uh, let me know, and uh, I'll set you up as a, they call it a DJ, set you up with a, an account and some time slots and let me know. And again, we're trying to just try to experiment and have fun with space. Yeah. So thanks everyone for being here. We'll see you next time. Everyone take care. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.